Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Dreaming Differently. Today, I will be speaking with a school psychologist, Mr. Maxfield, who my mother has worked with for many years. Today, we're going to explore what school psychology and special education have in common and what school psychology plays in the special education process. I hope you enjoy it. So why did you choose to become a school psychologist? That's kind of a funny story because if you told me in high school that I would want to step foot in a high school again, I would have said, nope. Um, But I took a general psychology class my freshman year Mm -hmm. and I knew I had to do something with psychology. And then in my junior year, I took a class called behavior modification with a person that was an actual school psychologist never heard of him, didn't know there was a school psychologist out there. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because um, it was a combination. Like I didn't want to just be like clinical psychologist, you know, having somebody right. on a couch or in a chair or whatever. Um, I was interested in a lot of different things. Um, but a school psychologist does like a little bit of assessment. They do meetings and problem solving. They do counseling. Um, they work with teachers, you know, consultation, mm-hmm. um, some, sometimes do research. Um, uh, sometimes help counties make decisions on like if a program is good or not based on actual data, not on just like, do we like it or does it have a good picture or something? Um, so I got really interested in that and um, I just thought it was a good balance. And I, and I knew I liked working with kids and, and, and teens, but I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher and have a classroom all day. So this right. was a good mix of like interaction, but also assessment and like problem solving and working with teachers And then you get snow days and that's cool too. That is cool. Um, So my platform is all about those with disabilities. So what does being a school psychologist have to do with the special education process? So, you know, we're almost, school psychologists are are in schools because of a law, uh, PL, oh gosh, 142. I'm I'm having a blank right now, but a a law that was passed in 1974, that basically said we have to, you know, identify and take care of um, students that have learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, So what the psychologist does is like, we might have a meeting, like there might be a a student that has some difficulty, let's say some difficulty reading or difficulty, just like kind of holding still and, you know, getting up and walking around and everything else. Well, we don't necessarily go immediately to, testing and special education we try to do other things before but if we do think the student might need special education like regular education just isn't doing it um they have to have a comprehensive evaluation and the psychologist does a lot of that evaluation so i do tests of intellectual functioning educational tests like social emotional functioning like observe the kid in the school environment and that's put together with some information from teachers and also kind of some background history, usually from a school social worker and we come together and that's how a student would qualify for special education. Okay. So we're involved in in the assessment and decision-making for, for that. And then identifying what's going right, what still needs to, you know, we need to have work on with the kid. Right. So earlier you mentioned that you do a lot of research. Do you do any research with special education? 
So that's one of the things we can do. So, you know, like one of the things that um, sometimes school psychologists look at, like research within just like within the county, not necessarily research at the college level, but like say we're finding certain groups eligible more often for like a learning disability. Like one big thing, Cassie, is like kids that have two languages, right? Mm -hmm. And they're behind. Well, they're behind because maybe they started with one language and they're learning English. Well, are they learning at an acceptable rate? I mean, they're going to be behind for a long time if they don't have parents that can help them with English and talk to them and read to them and everything else in English. Um, But then we have to kind of make some judgments and look at the research about, are they behind just because of they're slowly acquiring English and the kind of English you use at school, right? Not just like conversational English, but like big words that are on tests and SATs and things. Mm -hmm. Um, So we look at that and sometimes we're like, wait, we're finding too many, like, like in Prince William County, maybe we're finding too many Latino kids with learning disabilities when really we should just wait and give them more language support. Right. Right. So we do that kind of research. So are we like finding disproportionate amount of certain groups for certain disability categories? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, My next question is, does having children with disabilities impact how you approach your job? Yeah, my son, who's 23 now, has had a lot of mental health stuff. And, you know, I like to think that I was always sensitive to parents at meetings and and everything else. But, you know, once you've sort of lived it yourself, even though everyone's experience is different, right? Not everybody's Mm -hmm. disability is the same. Not everybody's family is the same. Situations are same. Resources are not the same. But I think it does give you a little bit more of a sensitivity Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like, you know, when parents are maybe angry at a meeting, like, you know, that that anger isn't necessarily about me. It's about a lot of things It might be directed at me, but then to help work through that and not take it personally. Right. Okay. I think that is all I have as far as questions for you. Um, Yeah, I believe that is all. Is there anything else you would like to add? No. uh, Well, yeah, I should, because my boss always says, you know, we should be going to like, not just colleges, but like high schools to try to recruit people for mm-hmm. school psychology. So there is a nationwide shortage of a lot of things, but school psychologists, um, a lot of the colleges that had graduate programs in school psychologies have, have shut down. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, right now um, in Prince William County, we got a grant for extra psychologists. So we could technically hire 20 additional school psychologists. We have about 54 right now, but there's not that many people out there and there's not that many graduate programs out there that are for school psychology. So, you know, definitely, I think we should probably do a better job of getting the words out. You know, everyone knows what a teacher does, right? But because they've had teachers for 13 years with kindergarten and everything else, Mm -hmm. not a lot of people know what school psychologists do. And I think that we should probably be getting the word out to people, even your age, you know, 15, 16, when they're thinking about careers and what, what's that like? I mean, there's a lot of other great jobs out there too, but we should probably be getting the word out better. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with COVID and all the adjustments and figuring out, is this person behind or are they just behind, they're just behind because they took geometry, you know, virtually instead of like with a teacher. Right. Helping with those decisions. And then the whole mental health things, uh, students that have, you know, that were out and virtual. And then like the idea of going back and being in a school with 2,800 kids was just so anxiety provoking. 
that, you know, they had trouble just even going back or maybe didn't maybe stay virtual. So, right. you know, just, you know, we have to, just like everyone else, just like mailmen, doctors, nurses, we have to adjust and kind of make good decisions when something big happens like, like COVID and staying home for 12 months and, right. you know, having all our meetings like this, where you only ever see people from the head up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. right. How did COVID impact your job? So, a, a lot of my jobs are meetings, right? Like we meet, mm-hmm. let's say Cassie has some difficulty in math mm-hmm. and we have a intervention team meeting or something. So a lot of my jobs are like, you know, is, is problem solving and all that. So meetings we can do like this. And we have come to find out just like a lot of businesses across the, the country that we don't necessarily have to meet in an office. We don't have to meet in the same room. Mm-hmm. In fact, parents who like work in DC really love Zoom meetings because they don't have to take off as much leave. Mm-hmm. So we kind of adjusted like you guys did as students to doing more things virtually. And that's, that's been good. I mean, I like the person, I love shaking hands and I love seeing people and, mm-hmm. you know, standing up when they leave and walking them out and everything else. But that was good. Right. What we missed is a lot of people that have mental health issues or a lot of people that are like, have a lot of organizational problems, forget to turn things in. You know, if I'm a teacher and I think, oh, Cassie hasn't finished your work. I can just say, hey, Cassie, don't leave yet. Hey, are you going to turn in that whatever? But if you're in a class, all you have to do is this <laughs> I, and you're gone, right? right? So it's harder to kind of like catch kids that like, and some kids like don't want to be behind, but then they don't know how to catch up. But like, if you're there in person, you can just sit down and say, hey, let's come up with a plan. But again, mm-hmm. if they just kind of like tune out, it's hard to do that. So that's been very different um, with our job as educators, not just as a school psychologist. And of course, like trying to counsel kids like this is mm-hmm. really strange. It's really strange. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because, you know, like, do you really, like, if you don't know me and you, 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 uh, COVID shut down in, in seventh grade and then you spent eighth grade all virtually and you've never actually been to the high school and then all of a sudden you have to come online and talk to a counselor. That's really kind of, you right. know, it can be really strange for kids. So mm-hmm. getting through that barrier, but you know, it's been tough, but like for us, and I think also for your generation, you know, you're going to be more computer savvy. You're going to be like more likely to work for a business that doesn't have to commute into DC, right? You can be very flexible about things. Um, So there's a lot of good that's come out of it too. Like Mm -hmm. I said, you guys are already very good at electronics, about computers and all this, but Two or three years ago, there weren't a lot of people in business education or anything that knew how to do video conferencing if they were just kind of scared of it or it was weird. And now it's just like, oh, set up a Zoom meeting. I mean, you're in 10th grade and you set up a Zoom meeting for school and boom, here we are. So, you know, there's been some good things that came out of it too. And we've all had to learn. Uh, Teachers have had to learn and like how to teach like to you, but also to the 10 other people over here in the class. And how how do we do that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 